It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. the time it's a friday and i'm glad you made it man is it going to be a busy friday i always do open phones but we'll have that but there's some guests coming in in large part to do with this next legislative session so we almost have one per hour the seven eight and nine o'clock hours for those guests with some very important topics Uh, and then there's a lot of other stuff i want to sort through as well but i do want to accept uh Credit for being a lazy talk show host. I just, I'll own that. But it's not really my fault, so I'm going to toss the blame back. This is what you do these days. You accept full responsibility, but then you blame somebody else. And I'll illustrate the president of the United States doing that in just, just a minute or two. But all right, here's the deal. I like to think that before I do a program, I sit down and do a lot of work and a lot of research, so I have something really good for you guys, well thought out and so on, before I get on the air. But that's actually not true. Yesterday, if you saw the news, and I know most of you, if you didn't see it, you heard about it, where the official report was released on Joe Biden and those documents he had in his house. And no, they're not going to go after Biden for this. Now, remember, Hillary Clinton had full computer servers at home, all computers at home with classified material on them, which she's not allowed to do. And she should have gone to jail for a long time. And then she lied about it and so on. And your government investigated her and then flat out admitted that she had done all of these illegal things. But then said, but no reasonable prosecutor would actually go after this. Why the hell not? She should be in jail. She should have been. And for the rest of her life, if you actually take the law seriously. Yes, I know they did find uh, documents also with Donald Trump. At the same time, and here's Joe Biden. That's just irresponsible. How does that happen? Yet, of course, Joe Biden has documents all over his house, including piled up in boxes in his garage, in the trunk of his car. And now this actually... It's far worse for Biden the way this was released. I don't know how he – we'll see if he can get out of this one, but hang on. Today's show is sponsored by Rabid Penguin Spray, the only spray guaranteed to keep dangerous rabid penguins at bay. And that can be a problem here in the state of Wyoming. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call the show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So what I was admitting to is that I'm actually a really lazy talk show host is because all of this show prep is done for me, like what we're about to talk about here. 
so they come out with this report that shows, just like with Hillary Clinton, just like with Donald Trump, now especially with, with Hillary Clinton and Biden especially, they knew those documents were there. Trump probably did too. But they're not going to go after Hillary or Biden anyway. They're still trying to find a way to go after Trump, but they're not going after Hillary and Biden for these documents, which are all supposed to be classified, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so letting Biden off was not because he didn't do anything wrong. You've heard about this, right? The report says, well, you really want to put a man on trial who's cognitively not all there? I mean, he's an old man. Uh, he's His memory's fading. He's frail. You really can't put this on trial. And, and some of this stuff goes back seven years. One of the uh, part of this story is a interview that the president had over classified documents seven years ago. And cognitively, he was not all there. People were really surprised that doing the interview that he was in Biden was in office seven years ago and cognitively really was not all there. He's a mess. And so this becomes really a, we still have to deal with the documents because the idea that he can get away with this. This is your Washington establishment for you. You and I would never get away with this. So we had piles of classified documents in our home. We would not get away with that. Others haven't. And yet, Joe Biden tries to blame his staff. We'll get we'll get to that in just a minute. But all right, he even looked at Trump, and I can't believe how irresponsible. How do you let that happen? Well, Joe, what about what was in your house? In fact, when Joe Biden was senator, there's a room. If senators need to read something classified, there's a room they go into, and the classified document is brought to them. They're not allowed to take the documents out of the room. They're not allowed to have a pencil and paper. They're not allowed to take pictures of the documents. All they're allowed to do is stand there and read the documents. Then they turn and walk out and the documents are put away. This is for national security reasons. The best we're going to let you do, Senator, is just you can read it and that's it. Don't touch. Don't write anything down. No pictures. Just read it and go. Yet some of those documents were taken out of that room and were found in Joe Biden's house. Now, again, you're supposed to go to jail for that for a very long time. They're letting him get away with this because he's old and frail. And Biden did not like hearing that. He had a press conference yesterday. In his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. Okay, so this is what Biden thinks of himself. I I put this country back on its feet. Now, as I said, he blames his staff for this. Remember, we had boxes in his garage just stacked up. Some of the boxes falling apart. Classified material. Some of this classified material in the trunk of his classic car. He has no idea how they got there. Do you take responsibility for at least being careless with classified material? I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. He goes on then to blame his staff. He, that stuff was supposed to be cleared out. That stuff was supposed to be taken back to where, where it belonged. His staff, what they didn't do that. Uh, Joe, that stuff was never supposed to be at your house. Let's start with that. It was never supposed to be at your house in the first place. And there it is. 
What do you mean? And even then, the buck stops where? Yeah, with him. So if he says, well, my staff was supposed to, yeah, but who's in charge of your staff? The buck stops with you, Mr. President, not with anybody else. So, no, you can't go blaming your staff. So this ends up becoming the big controversy that you're going to hear about. You've already – yesterday I was watching this. It's going to continue to be a topic today on not just talk radio, uh, the blogs out there. All the television former news networks will be covering this nonstop all weekend. So I got to kind of wonder how does the president get out from under that one? Oh, they'll try to find a way. Biden's already trying to find a way, but yeah, well-meaning old man. I don't think he's well-meaning, but all right. And he's kind of soft in the head there. You can't put him on trial. You can't put an old man like that on trial. Well, if he's that bad, then how can he be our president? And that's the question that's being asked. If he's that bad, how can he be our president? So here's Representative Claudia Tenney is for the cabinet, Biden's cabinet, to explore the use of the Constitution's 25th Amendment to remove President Biden from office following the special counsel report. Her did not recommend criminal charges against the president for mishandling classified documents. Those records included classified documents about military and foreign affairs, Afghanistan, among other things. Her, though, described Biden as sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Quote, it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness, a mental state of willfulness, hmm. and uh, especially because he's well into his 80s. So, okay, quote, after concluding that President Biden knowingly and willfully removed, mishandled, and disclosed classified documents repeatedly over a period of decades... Mr. Hearn nevertheless recommends his charges not be brought against him. And that's alarming, says the representative. He, he, he recanted numerous incidents in which President Biden exhibited dramatically compromised mental faculties and concluded that a jury would likely never, they'd just be sympathetic to a forgetful old man. Quote, we don't need to prosecute or decline to prosecute or based on their personalities or politics. If special counsel finds evidence that he's not even responsible enough that they can bring charges against him, then what are we supposed to do? So this is where this particular representative is saying, if he's that bad, then get him out of office. I mean, at, at what point do we finally say, okay, He's too far gone. You can't control how good a day you're going to have, but you can control how weird a day everybody else has. Be the weirdest, most confusing, unhinged part of everybody's day. Admit it. You were hoping somebody would say that. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. 624 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. In his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man 
with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. Uh-huh. Yeah, president, I put this country. He really thinks he has, by the way. All right, so I-80 John in Granite Canyon. Morning, Glenn. Are you sure this isn't the deep state's way of getting rid of Biden? Well, I hope it is, and I hope it works. So, all right. Uh, Jude, don't forget Mike Pence. Yeah, Pence also had classified documents at home. So I now I don't know about Obama. No, no, no one ever really went looking there, but I bet you might find some. But okay, classified documents also have been found at Hillary's house. She was Secretary of State and so on. And yet Trump and Pence and Biden. Now, what's the point of the law if the law is never enforced, or if we just enforce the law? on the people they want to enforce the law on and they let off whoever they want to let off. Like, again, Hillary, not in jail, should have been long time ago for a very long time for multiple reasons. But, okay, even CNN, they're having discussions about this all day long. And even on CNN, they're wondering about Biden's cognitive ability in this. So one of their guests that they had on answered, uh, let me see. Get down to Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden. Oh, okay. Uh, they even bring Nikki Haley into this. And it's okay. The CNN's having a long discussion. After CNN political commentator Paul Bagaza, I think is how you pronounce his name, argued the White House needs to put Biden out there more. Really? I do quickly want to push back on this idea. Oh, please put him out there more. And yet there's others on their panel that, uh, no, you don't really want to do that. Basically, the man's been mentally dead for years. So the Democrats are really going to start having a hard time on this one. It's not just the White House and the people around them, but the Democrats are really having a hard time now. How do you even let Biden debate at this point? When is that far gone? And I have, I spent a little bit of time looking this morning. It's hard to watch. Uh, and you know why. I home cared my dad uh, through – we had dementia, vascular dementia actually technically what it was called. Very difficult dealing with him as he started going through those memory losses like that and other problems. Now, when something like this hits somebody, it just depends how fast is it going to happen. Some people get it early in life and it happens quickly. Other people, it seems to be in the case with Joe Biden, he's had this for a very long time. A very long time and it just is slowly progressing so even when i watched him in front of reporters yesterday trying to answer questions on this he fumbled and stumbled and mumbled a whole lot and it was very difficult to watch and listen to this guy speak at all so while transplant says obama Obamas are in a warehouse in Maryland, thousands, if I remember correctly. Really? Okay, I'll go look that up. I hadn't heard about that, but if that's the case. But a lot of this stuff should never have been pulled out in the first place. I go back to the one when um, Biden was senator. Senator, you're allowed to go into that room and look at the documents. That's all you can do, look at them. You're not allowed to copy anything down, no writing anything, no taking anything with you, no taking pictures. Just look at it, read it, and walk out. This is classified material. And that very same material wound up in Biden's house. Now, again, he's supposed to be in jail for a very long time. But I think most of this goes back to his cognitive ability. So, yeah, the gentleman doing the investigation on this... 
may have given Biden a pass, but man, did he open up a massive can of worms on Biden's cognitive abilities, which now becomes, for those who didn't want it to become, it now is a major part of this presidential race. Because even Democrats are looking at Biden going, just too old. I mean, we can't have that as our president. We need something else. And I'm going to ask the same thing I asked when Biden ran for president this last time. Hey, Democrats, just find somebody else. Don't do this. Send Biden home to his family. Just find somebody else. I'm not going to agree with anything that person has to say, I guarantee you, but at least the person will have all of their mental faculties. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. I just found this uh, Bidening. Okay, there's Biden. What is Bidening? It's a verb. The act of creating a problem and then talking about how to fix it. I just found that. Jane Casper, Grandpa Joe needs to be written out of the show. Rhianna Fort Danger, does Camilla Harris have all of her faculties, though? No, the difference is, well, Joe Biden always was a fool and a liar. Always, always, always. Has always been a fool and a liar. I'm really amazed that he's lasted this long. He's always been one of the dumbest members of Congress, a liar and very corrupt, too. And yet there he is. That's Washington politics for you. Camilla's just stupid. Let's go to the other fight that we're having. So, okay, yesterday the Supreme Court heard oral arguments. Colorado was up front, but other states involved in this, trying to pull Joe Biden, Joe Biden, sorry, trying to pull Donald Trump off of the ballot because, you know, the insurrection and so. Okay, you're going to hear Jason Murray. He's on the behalf, uh, he's the lawyer on behalf of Colorado voters. You're also going to hear the voice of Judge Kavanaugh, in which case I'm really pleased to hear Judge Kavanaugh asking the questions that he asked. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Here's what it sounded like. He had the opportunity to call witnesses remotely. He didn't use all of his time at trial. There was ample process here. And this is how ballot access determinations in election cases are are decided all the time. Okay. Uh, Second question. Some of the rhetoric of your position, I don't think it is your position, but some of the rhetoric of your position seems to suggest unless the states can do this, no one can prevent insurrectionists from holding federal office. But Obviously, Congress has enacted statutes, uh, including one still in effect, Section 2383 of Title 18 prohibits insurrection. It's a federal criminal statute. And if you're convicted of that, you are, it says, shall be disqualified from holding any office. And so there is a federal statute on the books, but um, President Trump has not been charged with that. So what what are we to make of that? Two things, Your Honor. Section 2383 was... Okay, so they get into the... You hear what Kavanaugh is asking there, which is what I've been saying for quite a while now, is, well, hold on. Uh, If you want to go ahead and call out insurrection and say that Trump is an insurrectionist, well, 
No one has actually charged him with that. That's, now, you've heard me say this, but this is Judge Kavanaugh. No one's charged him with the insurrection, and he hasn't been found guilty of it in a court of law. Therefore, how can you take him off the ballot if he's never been officially charged or found guilty in a court of law? I'm so glad to hear Kavanaugh ask that question. That's the question that I really wanted to have brought up in front of the Supreme Court. Now, this is a case where so far all of the pundits out, most of them out there are saying, well, the Supreme Court looks like they're going to rule 9 nothing in favor of Trump. And if you're out there cheering, my thought is, okay, it's a weird world we live in. Nothing's done until it's done, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how the Supreme Court's going to rule on this. Nobody does. I don't care what the pundits have to say. And the pundits are listening to everything the judges are asking. And based on that, they're trying to figure out how the judges will rule. Well, the pundits tend not to be very good at this. I'm much more in line with the idea of just wait. I know what should happen. I'm with Kavanaugh's question on this. Trump has not been charged with anything. He was never found guilty of anything. Therefore, he has to remain on the ballot. You can't take him off because you think he's guilty of insurrection. That doesn't count. That's a, I could accuse anybody of anything and keep them from ever getting a job ever again. They would never have to officially be charged or go to court. So that really opens up a bad thing. I did talk about a Pandora's box. Imagine what we could do if all you had to do is accuse somebody of something, and therefore, because of that accusation, he was never allowed on the ballot. Uh, We don't ever want to go there, and that's exactly what's happening right now which is so far the part of the case being brought in front of the Supreme Court. What I would like to see, I don't know, when the court decides on this, I'd like to come in on Monday and turn to you guys and say, okay, the court's made their decision. We're done with this. Let's move on. I don't know how long the court is going to take to decide on this. I know they are fast-tracking us. That much I do know that they're fast-tracking us. Normally, a case like this, if the Supreme Court says, we're going to hear it, well, it'll probably be a a year or two before they actually do hear the case. This one, they fast-track. So, they'll fast-track their decision as well. Uh, Monday, I don't know. That's on my wish list, but I have no idea. But there's something that the pundits have to talk about all weekend. When you could be watching good television, they're going to be filling the airtime with that. 6.42, wake up. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's way out there in the middle of South Dakota somewhere, because that's how he likes to vacation, right? Yep, you know, right by yeah. the banks of the Missouri River. There you go. Must be absolutely beautiful out there. All right, let's real quick for this story go to the state of Arkansas, right, where there's radio station WJLX. Now, imagine you're the owner of that radio station. You have been for decades. And one day you show up at work and <clears throat> something's missing, Frank. It just seems odd. And after a while of scratching your head, you realize that your radio tower is gone. Is that in Alabama? Yes, Jasper, Alabama. Uh-huh. So they, they, somebody you, took the tower. The, yes. 200 feet tall. Uh-huh. 
So here's a quote here. I tried all weekend to figure it out. I just can't, said the station's manager. Now, how does the manager explain that to his boss? um, Someone stole our tower. I've been in radio business all my life and and professionally for 26 years, and I can say I've never heard anything like this. I just – he just can't imagine how they pulled it off. My guess is that the tower got repoed. You know, they weren't paying their bills. Oh. The repo people, you know, like those people with tow trucks with cars. Yeah. So now they had the, the tower people came over there and just say, you know what, this is coming with us. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, but where do you put a 200-foot tower on the ground and nobody can see it unless you right. have it in the woods yeah. somewhere? So, okay, see, there's the thing. Okay, you can take it down because it will come down in sections. But you're going to have to have, like, a tall crane and you're going to mm-hmm. have to have equipment for this. It's, and nobody saw this. Yes. Yeah, so, well, here's the thing. If you look like you know what you're doing... Everybody thinks, oh, they're just working on the tower. Remember, oh, here okay. in here in Wyoming, someone stole miles and miles of snow fence for the wood. Yeah, and they just, no one thought that someone was stealing snow fencing because, well, they just looked like a bunch of workers out there working on the snow fence. So no one thought they were stealing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh. Maybe it's an insurance job. Could be. They yeah. needed a new tower. Okay. So now, as they take the tower, again, you, you got the equipment, you can take it down, you can make off with it. But now, as you were just saying, what do you do with it? Hold it hostage or I, something? I, I guess. You, I don't know. Yeah. You, you have to, I would suggest don't put it up in the same state or even if you can, the same country, because people in the new area will wonder where that radio is the tower come from. They could put it in a park and let kids climb on it. You could melt it down for the metal if you want to do that. That might work out. I'm not sure. Boys and girls high school basketball statewide today and tonight in tonight's games in 4A. Laramie will be at Natrona Cheyenne Central at the Thunder Basin in Gillette. Cheyenne East goes over to Campbell County in Gillette. Cheyenne South travels to Sheridan. Kelly Walsh will be way on the road and after the meet Star Valley. Little Rock will be at Wheatland, and Midwest will be at Upton in 1A basketball. And college, women's college basketball tomorrow, Wyoming Cowgirls will be at Boise State. The Cowgirls are 9-2 and two and 14-8 and eight overall. Boise State comes in at 6-4 and four and 15-8 and 15-8 and eight overall. The Cowgirls probably will need to play better than they have in the last couple of games to beat Boise State, so that's going to be a tough road game for them. In high school wrestling, the Miller Cup was yesterday, and, and as the Kelly Walls boys beat the Toronto 38-28, and the Kelly Walls girls uh, beat the Toronto girls 54-27. Buffalo will have a big dual meet today, and then Saratoga will have a big meet tomorrow. Indoor track tomorrow, there's a huge indoor track meet at the Toronto, which will be one of the larger events on the indoor track season. That will get going tomorrow at 9 a.m. over at the Mac Center at the Toronto County High School. And our Wild Preps Athletes of the Week have been announced. For the girls, Rebecca Anderson from Warcroft, she's she's an excellent wrestler and won the 100-pound weight class at the Grable Tournament over the weekend. On the boys' side, Cheyenne Central's Joe Sawyer is one of two winners for the boys. He had 31 points versus Natron in their overtime win. And the other Athlete of the Week is Corey Bruger from Lusk High School, who threw in 20 points and 10 rebounds in their victory over Lingle. Remember, the voting starts for next week's Athletes of the Week at 5 p.m. today and goes through Monday at 9 a.m. Log on to wildpreps.com to get started or use the Wildpreps mobile app. And coming up on Sunday at Super Bowl 58, San Francisco will take on Kansas City. And then for the 49ers are two-point favorites. 
the Chiefs are looking to become the first repeat champions of the Super Bowl since 2004-2005 when New England do that. And actually, the Chiefs, they've been really – it's been a remarkable run for them. They have been in four of the last five Super Bowls. And that's in sports. So there's a few radio stations I know of, little stations way out in the country, that are in trailers, like a single-wide trailer. Which means no you, way. You, yeah, you could steal the whole station. They have radio stations in double wide. Uh, well, I I even know of a couple of stations in Florida that are in single wides. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a one little station in a small town and a single wide trailer. So forget the tower. How would you like to steal the entire station? Well, yeah, you can just load it away oh, and yeah, start broadcasting yeah, everywhere yeah, you go. Yeah. Just hook it up, cut the cables, and go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we got to take him. No, a tower was actually stolen. An entire radio tower. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Should have a guest coming out of news at the top of the hour. Some national news, local news, update on a weather forecast. And then several guests this morning that have to do with this next legislative session. Let's wake up, Wyoming. get to our guest over here, I want to answer my sister who's in Lake Wales, Florida. The answer to your question is no. I'll explain later. Okay. Off we go now. Sitting across from me is Dave North, and you're with Natrona County. You're a county commissioner there, and you brought to me a couple of pieces of paper to go ahead and take a look at uh, bills in front of the uh, the House and Senate. Yes, they okay. will be They will be coming up right. starting next week. And yes, these are, are the ones that are proposed. Just to make sure so that people understand what I'm looking at here. So does this fit into the budget session? Yes, it does. does. These okay. are property tax bills. Okay. Um, and there's there's a whole bunch of them, and there's going to be more that get introduced later on. <laughs> but uh, these are ones that are, that are currently out there that people can look right. up. Yeah, it tends to be a bit of a complex issue to try to figure out the property tax issues. And no matter what we go and try, I've seen many different bills here. They, in my mind, a lot of them just make it either more complex or don't actually solve the original problem. You're exactly right. I mean, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that we need to work on simplifying our property tax issues. Make it so that people can figure out, so that they can budget and they can do things. And really, you know, it comes down to whether you want to grow government Mm -hmm. in the bills or if you want to help the taxpayers. And I'm a firm believer that we need to help the taxpayers, especially right now with everything. Everything has gone up so much as being harder and harder for people to be able to pay their bills. And I don't want to have people kicked out of their houses because they can't right. afford the property taxes. Right. Now, in some cases, I hear, okay, property taxes skyrocket in a certain community and the people would like their property taxes <clears throat> to go back down to what they were before, but then I hear the county screaming, but hang on, we need that tax money. There's uh, some people in Laramie that have called this program asking, 
well, my property taxes went up, but I, did I get any extra out of this? Am I getting any benefits out of this? What are you doing with that extra money? Why can't you go back to what you were doing before? That's a good question. Yeah. You know, it's a really good question. And, you know, and unfortunately, everything is going up every year. But we're, we've, the first year that I was in office, we had 3,000 appeals for property taxes. Mm. I learned more about property taxes that year and in the previous years than I ever wanted to know and how it's assessed and everything else. And there are some real, there's some real problems out there. Uh, part of the problem that we have right now is that, um, the Department of Revenue uses a system called uh, CAMA, and it's computer-aided uh, market assessment, I believe is what it basically amounts to. But then they also use a program called Marshall and Swift, and they're based everything off brand-new replacement costs, and then they go backwards from there. Well, that's not really the most effective way, in my opinion, that's not the most effective way to do things. Um, when you get assessed at what a brand new house would cost and you're living in a 50 year old house, yeah, no, there's a lot of things that are not up to speed and they do, they do depreciate that. But I found out last year that if you have a dilapidated house on your property or dilapidated building that you can't do anything with, they can only depreciate it to a certain amount. They can't completely depreciate that even though you can't live in it, you can't do anything with it or anything else unless that how that property is torn down completely they stay they leave it on the tax rolls i that's not right for the the people out there in in the state and so that's something that we really i would like to see some changes in that as far as how we're doing things and what we're doing and before we get into what you hand, handed me or what you're making me think of is let's say i wanted to put up a little building you know wyoming has a couple of outbuildings per house right right and oftentimes the buildings are bigger than the house itself but let's say i wanted to put some kind of a shed or whatever building barn out back because it's going to help me earn a little bit more money do some business even if i just wanted to store something but i might not want to do that because of what that's going to do to my property taxes, and I wonder if that holds business back. I I, I personally think that that is something yeah. that uh, that people take into consideration. Mm. Um, you know, if you're being assessed at, at a much higher value than what you feel that it's worth. Right. Another example is um, a good example of that is that if you buy a modular home. And you put it on a foundation, you, you buy it from somewhere else and you bring it in and you put it on foundation and that's where you're living. According to Marshall and Swift, they assess that as if you did a stick built building right there on the location. Mm. Even though you can buy that house for half of what it would cost to build a new one, you still get assessed that full value. Right. So where's the benefit to that? And so there's there's some things that really need to be addressed. Okay. And you know, I just I just think we need to be fair and equitable. Right. When we have a lot of people come in, they look at different properties that are sold in their same area and they're like, "Well, how can you assess me at this when this house right across the street from me sold for this much?" And the common answer is, "Well, we use mass appraisal." Yeah. Well, I've never been a fan of mass appraisal. Mm. It, I just, I just think that if you're looking at something that's fair and equitable, 
we need to figure out a better way to do things. Okay. And that's really what it comes down to. I'm talking to Dave North. He's a county commissioner here in the state of Wyoming. So the bill that you handed me here, and you've outlined a few things on it, apparently here's a bill that's supposed to fix the problem but makes it worse. <laughs> right. In my opinion, you, you are 100% yeah, correct. Perfect solution to a problem, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, um, basically they, they put a limit on how much – they put a guaranteed amount – on how much your property tax is going to go up. But then they turn around and say, well, but next year we're going to assess you at not only that 5% extra, but we're also going to assess you at any additional value that your house is worth mm. or your property is worth. You know, that's that's the language that's in there. And it's like that doesn't fix a problem. Right. You know, it, in my opinion, it ought to be a maximum of if you go 5%, it ought to be a maximum of that. But personally, I think it ought to be set on what the uh, economic costs are right now. So if, if inflation's going up, then that ought to be, you know, and it's only going up 2%, then you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be increased by more than that amount. Um, you know, that that makes government live within its means right. a whole lot better. And... It also helps the taxpayer so you don't have to worry about getting run out of your, your property because you can't afford property taxes. Because some rich guy moved in next to you and that, built something really big and tilted the whole thing. Or somebody moved in and they paid $200,000 over what the market value was. Right. Yeah. That skews the whole thing. The market is not worth that much. It's just that that particular individual came in and messed everything up for everybody else. So... That's not right either. I was standing with a gentleman a while ago in Hewlett, North Carolina, and Hewlett has a beautiful a golf course at way up above the town. So you can stand there on a cliff, literally, and look down at the whole town. And he was pointing to houses down there. And he said, when I moved here, well, you can buy that house over there, you know, maybe about uh, seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars $80,000. It was just a normal little house. Mm-hmm. Not ugly at all, but nothing special about it. And that was about the price of it. Now he said, boy, that thing's, you know, it's up to the $700,000 range. That's because a bunch of people realize that Eula is not just beautiful. It's around the Devil's Tower area. It's a gorgeous place to be. And they realized how inexpensive Hewlett was. So they came in just started snatching a property and paying... Well, prices they're used to paying back where they came from. Right. Is what they offered here. Right. They figured because it was worth that where they lived yeah. before and because they have a bunch of money because they sold their property, then yeah. they've got excess money that they can do that. And it's still cheap, relatively speaking, but that's part of the problem is yeah. that um, they ought to be assessed according to what the value is. And if they come in and they spend a lot more money, then they ought to pay more money for their property taxes. Okay. But still, I have the question of if the county suddenly starts getting a bunch more money because property values just popped up, so here comes all this extra money rolling into the county, why can't the county just say, we don't need all of that, we were doing just fine with what we were bringing in? We can. Hmm. We can reduce mill levies. That is something that we can do. Uh, But there are some mill levies that are set by statute that we don't have any control over. Um, and so that that is something the county can do. We can reduce mill levies to get that back down. But the biggest problem that I see is back in the 80s when we had a bust cycle mm. and property was 
down to next to nothing. And some of these bills, there's no adjustment for that. They're guaranteed that they're going to get a 5% increase every year. Yeah. But if property values go down, it still goes up. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, you know, you don't you don't run your household income that way. You know, if you if you don't have as much money coming in, you cut costs, or at least you should cut costs. You, <laughs> so. you should anyway. So I got some comments coming in from both Cheyenne and Glen Rock, but it, I'm thinking though, out of all of the ideas that people are shooting at us, can we do this? Can we do that? Did you see a bill coming up in front of the Wyoming House and Senate that might solve the problem? There's some that will help more than others. There are some of these bills that I've seen that I've read through, and I've got a whole stack of them here in front of me that um, will help. And there's some of them that are just absolutely, in my opinion, horrible. Okay. That they're going to go the wrong direction. Um, Now, the one thing about these bills is that once they start reading them and they start going through, they rarely ever stay in the same condition that they are when they're presented. And so a lot of it what I really encourage people to do is is read these bills, look at them, look at the different ones, and contact their legislators and tell them which ones they support and which ones they don't, okay. and and tell them why. You know, it's like, but it doesn't make much sense if you don't. I've got a great question from Mike and Casper, but hang on, we'll get to that in just okay. a moment. So wake up, wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM ten thirty K two Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. If you're just joining me, Dave North is a county commissioner here in Wyoming. We're talking about property taxes. He has a few ideas. JP and Cheyenne has a great question. Uh, can that, well, th- no, this was a comment that you cringed at. Connect AI and get an algorithm built in. But no, the, the question was, why, where does all that money go? And he wanted to know where is it wasted, not where is it spent. But when the county starts getting extra money because the taxes have gone up, where do they waste that money? That's a good question. And there are a lot of places that, uh, in my personal opinion, where we could cut back and we could, I mean, a whole lot of places that we could cut back and make things more efficient. And part of the problem that I've seen, um, having been in the private industry for a long time um is it anything that's attached to government it seems like the price goes up if you're trying to do stuff for whatever reason i look at projects that if it was in the private sector it'd be a third of what it is yeah because it's in the government sector there needs to be something that we can do to fix that um, and I don't care what it is. That's just across the board. That just seems to be the way that it goes for whatever reason. <clears throat> and I don't know if it's because people don't have to pay for it themselves and they're just writing the check for it or what it is. But I think that's something that we need to be more accountable as elected officials to the people of the state. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So if you want if you want to cut costs and cut waste, elect people that are yeah. physically responsible in what they're doing. All right. So let me see. Jones. Oh, wait. Fire pit Paul and Shane. What is your solution to all of this? How would you do it if you could craft a bill? Oh, man. That's a, that, that is a tough, tough question. Um, 
I think the first thing that I would do is I would actually look at what the real value of property is um, and look at, at what property actually gets sold for and assess it that way instead of using a computer yeah. program and use mass appraisal. Um, I think we have enough information out there that we can do things. Um, another example, last year we had what they called a purge mobile home, which basically means that they they mortgaged the mobile home along with the property. <clears throat> and some of those values were higher than you'd pay for a stick-built house by mm-hmm. two or three times. Yeah. It, that, you know, if you're looking at a 1970 mobile home, I'm sorry, it's not worth $100,000. It's oh, just well, not. Okay. And so that, you know, there's yeah. a lot of different things that we really need to look at, but I really do have a problem with yeah. um the way things are assessed that way. And I'm not blaming our assessor per se. So they have to work within the rules that are, that they're told that they have to right. do. But the only way we can get those rules changed is through the legislators and get them to, to work on this stuff. Up in Gillette is Jones. Now I've wondered this myself. Why can't a county just have a fixed rate for a certain size piece of property, no matter what's on the property? That's a good question. It would definitely yeah. make life a lot easier and a lot simpler. The biggest problem with that is that um, if you got a Taj Mahal on the same size property as you do a shed, right. where do you change that? Right. You know, there there needs to be well, there needs to be something in there. Okay. And I'm not saying I don't know how you do that, right. but um, but there definitely needs to be something. I mean, if you're looking at property, and all property is not worth the same. Okay. If you if you have property that's on the river. And versus something that's out in the middle of the prairie where you yeah. can't grow anything, there is some variation there. So all property is not equal. And I've heard this one before. Uh, Tim <coughs> wants to know, how about just freeze the tax at the time of the sale? Um, that's actually kind of what Proposition 13 did out in California. Yeah. And then they had a, a an increase that they're only allowed to increase so much per year. Uh, I don't have any problem with that, but some of the people in the state do. And uh, I don't understand why, because I think acquisition cost is is valid. And if you go back and you look at acquisition cost, you can actually raise, you know, if you do improvements to your property, then you pay what those improvements are currently worth, Mm -hmm. and that's the addition. But that is something that I I do think is valid. One thing we don't want to hear, David is listening in Texas, and he's from Wyoming, but then he went and bought a home in Texas because of, well, there's property tax problems here, and where he's living right now, he's doing a whole lot better there than he was doing up here, which is something you don't want to see because I've gotten some callers from, again, Laramie, who lived in this house all my life, and I just can't afford to stay here right now, so we got to get this fixed. All right, we're heading into news time, bottom of the hour. Can I keep this bill? Because I wanted to read this. Yes, you may. You've got a stack of them there. Are you going to be testifying you, in front of the House and Senate? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I would like to hear you do that. That would be a good idea. I will definitely, all right. de- oh, definitely I got a go stack there. of bills to read. Yeah, I got, I, I got you another one. Those are two that I have real issues with. Um, I have some others, and I can let you have those if you'd like to read through those, too. Got to head into news time. Thanks for coming in this morning. You bet. Thanks, Wake up, Wyoming.
start your day the right way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. So while I had our guest on, and he left me with a big pile of bills here, <clears throat> and yeah, I'm a dork enough. I'm going to end up reading all these. These are a bunch of the bills that have to do with trying to fix your property taxes here in the state of Wyoming. Now, I do appreciate also, thanks, folks. While I couldn't get to them all, but you have sent me questions from all over. There's uh, several people in Gillette. Casper, Cheyenne, uh, Fort Danger, uh, all the way down in Texas. Hi, David. And then there's also here some Laramie and Glen Rock and more Laramie. And I mean, just on and on it goes. So yeah, there's even Rawlings here. So you give the idea while we're talking about something like this, the number of people who are engaged, I really appreciate that. And the good questions that maybe I wouldn't have thought of. So here's Wild Gal. She's in Casper. They are taxing seniors out of the home. Our pay does not go up. We bought back when we we knew no one else was here. So, yeah, they're, they're pushing old people out of their homes. Okay, so what then do we do? This is what has to be done with our property taxes. Jude is in Mills. Why not get real assessments by bank-qualified assessors, not just employees who took an online course? That is a really good question. I like the idea of just a different way of paying taxes altogether. Jones and Gillette, if you paid 500000 for your house and you're paying a fixed 5% every year versus your neighbor who paid $700, they should pay the fixed 5% on their house every year. Why should you have to pay taxes if your $500 house was, okay, yeah, I, I get, so in other words, you, they're assessing you higher, essentially, because of your neighbor's house, but your house wouldn't go for that much. Now, Shy Guy in Cheyenne, I like this, limit government involvement, and that will help fix, the, fix these problems. So, what my guests and I were talking about during the commercial breaks was exactly that, because he's a limited government guy, too. What if, just what if, we turned to government at any level and said, okay, here's what we need you to do. And we gave government just a few limited jobs. That Now, how much is it going to cost you to get the job done? Not according to government assessment, but real assessments. Because as he said, in the private sector, things are done cheaper than in government. But we tell government it costs this much to do these jobs, so you're going to get this much in taxes. Now, I'm going to pick a number just for sake of argument. So let's say... It's going to cost $100 million to run your local government. That's just wherever you might be. We'll just say that's the number, right? So if it's $100 million to take care of roads and sewage and police and fire and name a couple of other things, right? $100 million. And that's all they get. And they're going to have to live within that. And so whenever they come around saying, well, we need to raise taxes, no. We gave you certain jobs, and this is how much it costs you to do these jobs. So this is what this is what you're going to get. And if you end up getting more in taxes, well, you're going to have to give it back to the people. That's, now, that's what I would like to see. But in part is also what he and I were saying. He said on the air. But um, I, I, I really do think 
it needs to be said more out loud that we as people elect officials to do a lot for us and we get mad when they don't. We want government to do so much, which sounds wonderful until we get the bill. Well, one of the discussions we had during the break was there are, I think he said it on the air too, there are people who would love to have their county road plowed. The snowfalls, their county dirt roads especially, get all filled with snow. And there's no one out there plowing those roads. Now, plowing those roads is really expensive. So they want the county to come out and plow those roads. Well, if that's what you want, where do you see the bill? You're not going to like that. So instead, to keep taxes low, we're not going to plow your roads. You're going to have to take care of it yourself. I know that's harder on you, but your taxes are lower. So you got to think about what you want out of this. What's the necessity? And one thing I have noticed with all elected officials at every level, they constantly are bombarded with people saying government needs to spend money on this and we need new programs to do that. And they pretty much never hear from someone who wants government to spend less. Joel and Casper, what town do you refer to as Fort Danger? I am not allowed to tell you where Fort Danger is. I have, I was, no, I was brought to Fort Danger. Then I was sworn to secrecy. So, uh, all right. I-80 John and Granite Canyon, until we say no to the mill levy increase for local government, they will continue to go up. And I still have that question, which I think is a really good question to ask. So let's say you live in a town where suddenly you're, Homes are being sold for ridiculously high prices, and everybody's paying more in property taxes. Okay, well, then what extra are you getting out of that? Your government's getting a lot more money. Do they need all of that? What if their job hasn't changed? They don't need all of that extra money. Their job hasn't changed at all. So they don't need the extra money. They could just give it back, right? All right, we'll talk more about that. Hang on, we got a lot to cover in this next... Oh, I do have a guest coming up at 8.06. So let me go ahead and call him up. There we go. Tony Locke, again, property taxes and Governor Gordon's budget. He's also going to be in person in the studio. Let's wake up Wyoming. The best state within his price range. Tune in to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, weekdays at 6. And now we turn to Don Day, who weekend weather forecast is what everybody's been waiting for, Don. So, okay, we're supposed to have three perfect days in a row, including today. Well, it depends uh, on what your uh, idea of perfect is. Yeah, okay. If your perfect is uh, a little bit of colder weather and some snow showers and some sun, uh, then yes, yeah, perfect Okay, weekend. so it just depends on when you step outside, basically. And there's the thing. When that whole front moved in from California, it broke up quite a bit. So uh, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah, we've got pieces of this system still yet to go through today and tomorrow. Two areas of the state that are going to still be impacted. One area is the far southeast corner of the state. Uh, there's a piece of this storm that's over southwest Colorado that is going to make it snow uh, around Laramie to Cheyenne, maybe up to as far as, uh, let's say, Wheatland and Torrington, then down into the front range of Colorado. It's a small area, but there could be several inches of snow in some of those locations that I just mentioned uh, tonight and Saturday. Then up north, 
There's going to be some snow returning to the Bighorns, some of the northern counties of the state and the western mountains. Now, across the plains of the central and the north, just a few snow showers, kind of chilly and blustery. So it's not going to be anything too bad. And most of the weather is today and tomorrow. I think by Sunday and into Monday, that's where we hit a stretch where we'll hit two or three days of cool but quiet weather. And usually when you have a temperature change like this, it comes with some wind. Yeah, well, there's going to be uh, some gusty northwest winds. We certainly saw some windy areas yesterday. And uh, for the next 48 hours, it's still going to be a, a pattern impacted by what's left of that California storm. Then we'll catch a break, probably lasting up to just about Valentine's Day. Then later next week is when we'll start to see the next weather change. And I'm still reading some stories and hear from some people up in the Bighorn areas and over in the Black Hills where they got some wet, but they'd like some more. Yeah, they do. They really do need some more, and they'll get some out of this here over the next day or so. Okay. Don, have a great weekend. You too. Off we go to Frank Gambino, who is like in the middle of South Dakota right about now. And how is it in the middle of South Dakota? Well, it's not snowing so far. It looks okay. like the roads are going to be okay. And, uh, you know, it, it cooled down considerably yeah. over the last couple of days. It was like 55 when I got here on Wednesday, yeah. and now it's about 20, 30. Mm-hmm. Just going to be getting cooler. Okay. Oh, yeah. have, have you ever been in Colorado to the Red Rocks Amphitheater? Yes. I've okay. seen uh, Blues Traveler there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Now, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun there. And and I guess acoustically it was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to beat Red Rocks. You know, okay. I mean, for atmosphere and sound and the whole nine yards. It's cool. Really, okay. really cool. Well, there's a group of volunteers that have decided to go in and just kind of spruce up because, you know, a lot of people in and out all the time, a lot of wear and tear, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, they decided as they're working on the bleachers you sit on there mm-hmm. and to look underneath. And oh, they, okay. Yeah, and they spent several days removing gum. Would you care oh, really? to take a guess at how much, in weight, how much gum? Four tons. No, but 50 pounds. <laughs> now, oh, I wonder, okay. it doesn't say 50 pounds over how long. You know, I want to know. Would that be 50 pounds over five years, over a year? I don't know. But they removed 50 pounds of chewing gum. So these are the gum rebel, rebels, basically, that just go in and say, and you're not supposed to do that. They have a lot of rules when it comes to this amphitheater, and one of them is no gum. But people are bringing in, they're smuggling in gum. Yes, yeah, and then just sticking it underneath. Couldn't you just put it in with the rest of your garbage? Did you have to stick it to the bottom of the chair? But I guess that's what you do. I mean, you know, school teachers, they look underneath the desk there. You know what they find, right? So Gum. Yes. I mean, this... And be- some because of you, you couldn't chew gum in school. Some of you, you had to gum, hide it from yeah. See now, some of you gum chewers out there are as bad as cigarette smokers. You know when you see a cigarette smoker who just flips the butt and leaves it on the ground, yeah. and those things don't biodegrade very fast, so they lay there for a long time. Gum chewers always looking for a place to stick it, and it's as bad as someone who picks their nose, Frank, who's always looking for a place to stick it. Right, but the the the, the, the boogers, did, you know. Disintegrate quicker than the do that. So nobody, nobody really cares. Are there booger studies out there that say this? Oh, really? Is Are there? there? I don't know. I'm asking. Do you know this because I'm, of I'm, some? Because I've never really found boogers on the ground like I do cigarette. Oh, okay. Or but no, if, no. For, for boogers, you take a look at look at the same place where the gum is. It's right mm-hmm. next to the gum. Someone picks their <laughs> nose. They're going to stick it to the same place where the gum gets stuck. 
Indeed. All right, boys and girls basketball around the state today and tomorrow for tonight's games in 4A. Laramie will be at Natrona, Cheyenne Central at Thunder Basin in Gillette. Cheyenne East will be at Campbell County in Gillette. Cheyenne South will travel up to Sheridan. Kelly Walsh will be on the road at Star Valley in Afton. In 3A, Glen Rock will be at Wheatland. And in 1A, Big West will be at Upton. In women's college basketball tomorrow, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at Boise State. Cowgirls are 9-2 and and 14-8 and overall after a win over Utah State their last time. Boise State comes in at six and four in league play, fifteen and eight overall. They, probably the Cowgirls will need to play better in tomorrow's game than they did the previous two. Boise State is not a bad team at all, so that is a one p.m. start from Boise tomorrow. A high school wrestling in that Miller Cup between the Casper schools. The Kelly Walsh boys beat the Natrona boys thirty-eight to twenty-eight, and the Kelly Walsh girls beat the. The Trona girls 54 to 27 today and tomorrow. There will be a, a, Buffalo will host a dual tournament, and there'll be another one in Saratoga coming up on Saturday. Also on Saturday, the indoor track season for the high schoolers continues. There'll be a big meet at the Mac Center over at the Trona County High School. So the field events will start at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, and the track events will start at ten. Our Wyo Preps athletes of the week have been announced. The girls' winner is Moorcroft wrestler Rebecca Anderson, who won the 100-pound class in the Grable tournament. She's had an outstanding career. And there are two boys winners uh, this this week. Um, Cheyenne Central basketball player Joe Sawyer, who had 31 points versus Natron in that overtime win for the Indians. And Corey Brueger of Lusk, who had 20 points and 10 rebounds in their win over Lingle Fort Laramie. And then coming up on Sunday, the national holiday it is, the Super Bowl. It'll be Super Bowl 58. San Francisco will take on Kansas City in Las Vegas. The 49ers are two-point favorites in the game. They come in at 12-5 and overall. Kansas City is 11-6. and Kansas City looking to be the first repeat Super Bowl champion since 2004 and 2005 when the New England Patriots did that. And they've been in the Super Bowl for the last five years. And that's it in sports. Any further or last-minute Super Bowl predictions? I'm taking I'm taking the 49ers by uh, on the last play of the game. We'll go 27-24 49ers. Okay. And and of course any distractions of course during the course of the game? Well, what what's your face will be in the press box yes, and you count that as a distraction. Yeah, that, that's I don't that, exactly right. That's going to be a distraction. What I want to do is and I bet you this will be if you go to Vegas, they're going to have a question up there. Uh, how many times are they going to show her face during the course of the Super oh, Bowl? I'm, oh, I'm sure. And you can bet on it. Yes. Uh, yes, you can. You can bet on everything in Vegas. All right, Frank. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. You. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. All right, Tony Locke is a Wyoming State representative who's going to continue the property tax discussion, 806. Property taxes and Gordon's budget? I don't think he's entirely happy with it. We'll go through all of that. 806, your comments will be welcome. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. So I got another guest in the studio, which is unusual for this program. We've got several today, and most all of them are on the same topic. So, Tony Locke, you're a representative here in the state of Wyoming? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, House District 35 right here in Natrona County over on the east side of town. Okay. So now you wanted to talk a little bit about what I was talking with Dave last hour about, which uh, has to do with property taxes. So let's start with that because you I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but you gave me a bill that you're proposing. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, by the way. Thank you for bringing me in. But, yes, property taxes are obviously a very hot topic. Uh, I thought the conversation with Commissioner North was great. He did a fantastic job of explaining many of the issues. Um, As we move into this budget session, as many of you know, property taxes is not specifically a budget issue, but it is one of probably the hottest topics considering the burden that property taxes laid on Wyoming families. So it's a very hot topic. It's one of my uh, primary focuses to try to get something across over the table here. And, and my focus on property taxes isn't just the simple thing. We have to look at property taxes holistically in a fix. We have to look at relief. We have to look at initial reform. And I know you talked with uh, talking with Commissioner North. You mentioned acquisition value or something like that. We can look. We should be looking at things like that that are long-term reform. So I kind of take a three-prong approach. And my approach, of course, is we've got to take care of the people. Commissioner North mentioned that too. Um, <clears throat> we, we, we Sometimes we get in this habit of protecting government. It's not that government doesn't need money to run, but we really truly have to take care of the people. Okay, so how does your proposal work? So my specific bill, well, there's a lot of bills out there and all property tax bills are not the same. Uh, my, there's the, one of the property tax bills that's going to be pushed really hard out there is House Bill 45. Um, it goes out there and that particular bill puts a cap moving forward, puts a cap on residential structures only. So if you think about that, it doesn't put the cap on the land and, and there's some, and it doesn't give anybody any quote relief is all it does is it caps your property tax moving forward. My property tax bill is coming out, House Bill 127. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to do with this, I'm looking at that whole concept of relief and reform. So <clears throat> my approach is to try to take us back to a previous state, and I'm looking to try to set um, – 2019, move it back to 2019 so we can take people's property tax from these last few years where it's really gone up high. I'd love to take it back farther, but that might be something that I think that the body would be very, very uncomfortable with. So I'm trying to take it back at least to give some people some initial relief, leave some money in your pocket, and then I would like to implement a cap. Now, I'm not big on fixed caps, so I know that uh, House Bill 45 has a 5% uh, cap. I'm not take five percent as a good example. Five percent in fourteen and a half years doubles. That means by the time you get to twenty nine years, you've quadrupled your property tax. Uh, I, I would ask people: You just finished up your mortgage. Now you've quadrupled your property tax. Does that feel like you own mm-hmm. your home? It really doesn't. It means you're renting your home for life. And those are the kinds of things I want to push back on. My bill, 127, I'm trying to get that down. I did put a maximum of a 3% cap on that, but I'm also trying to tie it to the Wyoming, uh, to the uh, median household income. And uh, the median household income has has been very flat for the last 10 years. A lot of people don't realize that. In fact, between 2018 and 2022, it was a minus 2%. So if median household incomes aren't going up, 
and our property taxes are skyrocketing. Imagine the additional pressure that's being put on Wyoming families. So those that's what I'm trying to do with my bill is give some true relief and then start to work us toward reform where we can um, take better care of our people. So right away, of course, you're going to hear some screaming from the counties. Wait a second, we need that money, which is what we talked about last hour. If the taxes keep going up, that means more money's coming in. What are they doing with that more money coming in? You're going to get some pushback from the counties, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. We'll definitely get uh, pushback from the counties, and uh, <clears throat> we've been we, we've got to take a hard look at that. But taxes, the tax issue, it, it's spending. Spending is as much a, the issue as taxes mm. are because spending is what's driving the, the need for the taxes. So we do have to take a hard look at that spending. But I understand where the uh, counties are coming from. When we put these bills in place, we're very careful to run some, some numbers and some analysis to try to get a feel for what the impact is. So we do our best to try to uh, – we, we, we're not trying to – cut the legs out from underneath government but at the same time we've got to get this back to where the people are not being um uh trampled by these increasing taxes uh, what the county and the state have to realize you start uh, uh running over the people i've heard examples of people who've had to leave the state because mm-hmm. property tax have crushed them look at people who lose their houses what does that do to local revenues when people yeah. start losing houses and they foreclose well, all of a sudden, we start realizing, well, wait a minute, I pushed so hard that yeah. I crushed my tax base. Yeah, moving them out. Okay, so this is a budget session, but even though this is a tax bill, you still got to get it introduced with two-thirds. How does this process work? Yeah, so uh, right up front, what will happen is each one of these bills that are not budget bills, so um, the budget bill, there's really one budget bill, and then it has to be amended. So everything else basically is has to, uh, right up front, they'll bring it up. There will be a two-thirds. It's a very short, very brief uh, debate and a presentation and debate of the bill, and then it's a two-thirds up or down. Two-thirds pushes it through, less than that, and it fails. Okay. Uh, then you got to make sure that you have people in your corner. I, a lot of times when a bill, it might look good when you wrote the thing. It probably looks really good to you, but it's got to go through all these committees. What comes out the other end is nothing like what you originally wrote. Absolutely. It'll, it could get amended in the committee. It could then get amended in all three readings. Then it has to pass through the other house and can get amended there. So you're you're exactly right. Um, and so we will not only will we try to push uh, bills like mine and and others that actually give true reform or excuse me give true relief to the people. We'll try to push those through. But some of the bills that currently maybe uh, uh, for we may we will try to look at amendments to those to try to make them better. So we will take the conservative group will definitely take the same approach and try to amend other bills that may not give the same type okay. of relief. So now, we will take the same approach. Some people, when they listen to this, they might think, oh, God, how do I have to read? I do find Wyoming bills, and I'm one of those dorks that actually sits down and will read one of these things. But th- they're easy. These are actually really easy to read. If you try to go to Washington, D.C. and read a bill, good luck. You're not going to – you're going to have to hire a lawyer to understand it. All right. So this is easy. Where do people find these bills, and especially where do they find your bill? So uh, so if you go to the uh, Wyoledge uh, – uh, I can't remember the exact uh, URL, but if you go to yeah. Wy- the Wyoming legislature yeah. uh, site, you'll be able to go and r- literally scroll down on the opening page, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to see 24, um, 
2024 session bills. You'll be able to go right there. You'll be able to search by name if you're looking for a person. You can search for the bill title. For example, if you go into the uh, title and type property tax, you'll get a bunch of bills. There's already at least 12 of them that I've seen. And, uh, and I would definitely ask that you read them. And, yeah, I am grateful for the fact we're kind of a single topic yeah. bill, and it makes them much more readable. But I would also say this. For example, if you have questions about my bill, please reach out to me. Um, I'm going to be – I'll be glad to respond with an email and explain it, give you some bullets to explain it. And we can discuss it, and I'll be glad to explain it in more detail. Okay. Just a moment. Let's you and I talk about the governor's budget. Let's wake up, Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Twenty's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Sitting in the studio with me is Tony Locke, who's a representative out of Natrosha County, Natrosha County, House District 35. So, all right, here we come up with a budget session. That means the governor's handed over his budget, and it looks like he's added something. In the past, it looked to me like he took some things away, but has the budget grown? Yeah, the the budget's grown. If you look at the budget over, you know, some of the previous uh, biennium, and, and it, that's the thing, we do a budget for every two years. Some of the previous bienniums, the budget kind of held pretty pretty solid around, you know, that eight eight billion. Here in the last two biennium, it's gone up quite a bit. Um, I, I, the the numbers vary depending on what you're looking at. Sometimes when you're when you're looking at the numbers, but it's probably between at least around 23 percent over the last two biennium, with roughly about a 12 percent increase in the budget in this biennium. Now, <clears throat> when you dig into the budget, I can honestly tell you. Um, it's sometimes difficult to see the exact numbers and the exact percentages, but but that's uh, where <clears throat> I think some of us are trying to push back. We're just wanting to make sure that um, you know the tax problem is is really it's a spending problem as much as it is a tax a tax problem, and so we just want to make sure. Yes, you need money to run government, but we want to make sure we're not continually expanding government. And so we want to push back and say, hey, let's get that budget pushed down. Let's put that money. Um, let's save that money for people. And I'm very careful with that statement, too, because quite often government, <clears throat> when they, you know, this is money that the state has brought in. But quite often government says, hey, uh, you'll hear this from legislators all the time. Hey, we saved your money for you. Well, let me ask yeah. you, how, how does that feel? Um, them taking it out of your checkbook and putting it into theirs. That that doesn't feel to most people like they just had some money saved for them. So I want to be cautious with how we do that. We need to be careful with our spending. And one of the points I've been trying to make clear to people, I, I, I've got the, some information out of one of the departments on what the median household income has been doing for the last 10 years. Well, as it turns out, if you look at the state overall, um, it's been very flat for the last 10 years. So the budget's gone up that 23. And depending on how you look at the numbers, some would say higher. It could be up as high as 30% range depending on looking at the numbers. But let's just let's just use that 23%. Well, the median household income over the last 10 years has been flat. And in fact, since 2018, uh, the median household income is down 2%. So I think that the state budgets, really all the budgets, have to consider that. 
uh, when they're talking about how we how we spend. Mm. We've got to consider that in the bubble. So that's why I'm trying to push back that says, hey, we don't want to continually expand our budgets and expand the government. We want to take a look at how the people are being affected and consider that. Okay. Now, some of what I think the governor might argue uh, about is I know when the whole COVID thing came around, here comes the Biden administration, just dumps a bunch of money on the state of Wyoming, which Wyoming spent that money. But isn't that pretty much gone now? Yeah, I think it's. I think most of it's gone, if not all of it. But also, you, you <clears throat> that's not always the reason. Maybe you do look at things like that to um, to add money into the to the process. But you got to be very careful about expanding government. So I'm I'm talking about constantly expanding and in, in increasing spending in all different areas. Because as you know, government doesn't want to ever give that up. Mm. Right. No. Even when we put money into certain projects and those kinds of things, once you put it in there, it doesn't go away easy. So we think, oh, we had this free money. Well, there's no such thing as free money. The government doesn't give anything they haven't taken from someone else. Mm. That's reality. And unfortunately, that's 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 what we have to be uh, attentive to. Right. Do you have certain things you would like to cut? Um, I'm going through that right now. I, I'm being very careful on the specific things I want to cut. So I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of in that process now. Mm. I haven't picked them. I'm trying to be careful not to cut the wrong things. Like I tell people all the time, yes, we need money. money. Um, The government needs money to operate. But I just want to make sure we look at the places where we can afford to cut and let's start pulling some of that money back and putting that in savings or putting that into accounts where we can um, maybe next year, let me take property tax as a perfect example. Somebody says, hey, Tony, your bill's going to cost uh, the state $100 million, let's say, or even $200 million. Well, maybe we should be thinking about putting money, whether it's my bill or others, that are looking to leave money in people's pockets. Maybe we should be making sure we're saving that money, putting that money, so we can do that, still run the govern- government, mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to leave money in the people's pockets. I would like to see a little bit more. This has nothing to do with the state of Wyoming money, but now and then something happens. Like, for example, putting uh, EV charging stations across the state. My my thought is if a private business wants to do that, then let them go ahead and do that. But here comes the Biden administration again dumping money on YDOT, and YDOT goes out and tries to sell that idea. And I'm thinking, why not just hand that back? Because I don't recall gas stations around the state of Wyoming getting subsidies from the federal government to be built around the state. Why get involved in all of these projects that come down from the federal government? Can we just hand that money back and say, we don't do that here? I actually think we should. I agree completely because it's really just to entice and to suck you in. Mm. Okay? You think that they're going to provide that money get you into the program and you say, oh, man, free money, and we're going to do these these things. Well, first of all, putting EV stations across Wyoming, you know, you, everybody who's seen what happened with the big cold spell and what happened to EVs, yeah. let's all be practical for starters. But anyway, going back to the actual sample, uh, no, that money, because sooner or later, the government, the federal government's taking that money away. And then who's going to bear that burden? Well, some would say the Wyoming government. I disagree. It's the Wyoming families are going to bear that burden. Mark my words. Mm. Okay. So uh, in the state of Wyoming, as you take a look at the you know, government, uh, governor's budget, 
How much is it again? How much is the whole thing? Do you know? So, in the govern, governor's budget book, so it was in that one. His the annual budget for for several years was in that eight point one billion. Okay. The budget that ca- came out in November showed that he was asking for nine point nine five billion. So basically, it's gone up to ten billion. And when we dig into some of the additional information in the governor's letters and stuff, it looks like it might be high, as high as 10.8. I'm still looking into that to make sure I understand those numbers. But but there you go. It go it's gone from about that 8.1, 8.2 billion up to 9. Point, uh, basically 10 billion, 9.95 billion. Okay. So that's a pretty big jump. Now, <clears throat> in fairness, there are some portions of that where they've tried to put some of that data or some of that uh, money into savings. But keep in mind, just because you put the money into your checkbook doesn't mean you're saving it, right? Mm-hmm. Because there, there was one budget line item where we took $200 million out of one of those savings accounts for a specific budget line item. So we say we saved it for you, but did we put it in permanent savings and those kinds of things? And maybe more importantly, I'm going to go back to, are we doing the things that say, listen, we have had a surplus. Let's put some money back into people's pockets. Are we doing those kinds of things? Because in my mind, that's just as important. We can sit here and we saved money, but when we have these surplus and we know our people are hurting, we need to look at putting money back in the pocket. I think it begins with a conversation about what the proper role of government is. Absolutely. I agree. And once we decide what the proper role of government is, we can go ahead and decide what we're going to spend money on, which means a lot of things that are outside of that would just simply have to go away, despite how people whine and complain about it. Agree. But, and I think we would be shocked. You know, everybody says, well, everybody's got their hand out or not everybody. That's not fair. Yeah. Some people have their hand out to the government. And saying, geez, we want to we want to do this program. Well, if everybody gets their program, yeah, that means you're paying for everybody else's program. I, I got a better idea. Let's leave a little money in people's pockets, yeah. and let's let them fund the things that are important to them. Tony. Money from the individual has heart. Tony. Money from the government doesn't. Tony Locke, thanks for coming in this morning. Coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast after that. We'll do open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so got some guests out of the way. One more coming next hour of the program. Right now, though, it's me and you. And the most dangerous portion of this program, which would be open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in. 
and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eighty eight ninety seven W O O D S. And as always, you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. That'd be fine by me, Kevin and Lusk. What I'm saying is that some relief can be done at the county level without having to get our legislation passed. That's true. He's talking about property taxes there. Mike is in Laramie. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. Your last caller mentioned that, if I if I heard him correctly, that the that the state budget ran a surplus, running surpluses. And if that's the case, why don't we have something like maybe the one good thing from Colorado, a taxpayer bill of rights, where the surpluses have to be returned to the taxpayers? That'd be nice. I like the idea of having a nice little nest egg, as they call a rainy day fund, for when bad things happen. That's just fine. But you're right. At a certain le- let's cap that at a certain level, and then start giving it back. I mean, if the, I mean, if, the, if Lars Cole said he wants the money <laughs> right. back in people's pockets, that would be one great way to okay, go about but, it. But now, one thing we got to keep in mind, though, is most of what is our budget comes, and I don't have a problem giving it back from coal, gas, oil. Not from the citizens. We don't even have a state income tax here. So we have to give that money back to the corporations that we took it from, which gives our state the largest chunk of money, which, again, I'm okay with that. They earn the money. It belongs to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would work, too. Okay. But when we're looking at the property taxes, a lot of it is who we elect. Yes. I mean, we're down here in Laramie. We elected people some a couple of decades ago, and they built a, a city-owned ice rink yeah. and a recreation center supposedly to attract businesses. Mm-hmm. And then just the other week, both the city and the county were advertising <clears throat> for people to um, submit requests for grant money. There's another thing that we can get rid of yeah, down here. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, cut back. Just look at what, look at the what, what, look at what government's doing and decide what should it do and what it shouldn't do. Yeah. So that grant money drives me crazy. Quit handing out money. Uh, one of the things I oh, was yeah. talking about with our last guest here is I don't like the idea of government handing out money for all sorts of different projects, especially money that government doesn't have, but continuing to hand out money for like the state loan and investment board. The state should not be a bank. Banks no, are banks. No, you're Let right. bank do banking, and the state does the state's work, and keep the two separate. That's that's absolutely right. Do you know that the state will, if you donate money to the university, yeah, the state will match it dollar for dollar. Right. If you give ten million to you to UW, the state will add another ten on top of that. Right. I mean, there's another thing that we can get rid of. Yeah. There's a list of things I would get rid of inside of UW, like let's get rid of the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. That would save us a ton of money right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the legislature needs to take a deep dive into what's happening at the university. Yeah. I think the university sort of sits there by itself and everybody bows down to it. But mm-hmm. what departments do they have? How many students are majoring? How many degrees have they offered over the years? Yeah. And take a, there are a lot of departments that do not offer degrees. Right. And for that matter, these, I, these, there was one – I forget the university. I was talking about it earlier this week. There's one university that has uh, – for every student, they have several bureaucrats. You know, you don't need oh that God, many bureaucrats yeah. per student. Your, your students should outnumber the bureaucrats by a big number. So check into That's that true. too. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven. W o o d s. Yeah. Grants. That's another thing. Um, that drives me absolutely nuts. Enough with the grants. Enough with the loans. 
Government should not be just handing out all sorts of money. If you have a business, a project that you want to get started, that's great. You should have some of your own money. You can go get investors. You can go borrow money from individuals and banks and so on. And that's fine. But don't turn to government. If you can't get enough money, raise enough money yourself, then government should not loan you any money because obviously, well, not enough people even believe in you. So why should the government loan money? Now, I'm forgetting who it was that I was talking about earlier this week. There is a company. It's up in the Gillette area. And they want to use coal for other things besides making electricity. Well, that's fine. And so they wanted to start a business and needed some money to start up the business. They went to the state of Wyoming and got about $15 million. Now, they were given a few years grace period to not have to pay anything back until they got up on their feet. And then they started, they got into the time period where they had to start paying back the loan. And they hadn't made any money and they couldn't pay back the loan. And so now they're defaulting. And some of our representatives in the Wyoming House and the Senate would like to know where all of that money went. My thought is you shouldn't have loaned it to them in the first place. Government should not be loaning money. Judy is in Casper. I know, Judy, you've just been hanging on this entire time waiting for your moment. Here it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I did. I got a letter or an email from Steve Harshman, chairman of the Revenue Committee, this morning. And he's explaining the house bills and stuff. Well, okay, um, I want to first start by saying uh, the county, when they're doing these appraisers, it's their employees. Okay, And I think it's like a, a week they do a, a week thing on the Internet being trained by the state. There's a first problem. You need somebody who has been in the business of appraising to get actual appraisals. So you need qualified people, not just the county clerk that took a 20-hour course with the state of Wyoming. It's, it's baloney. Secondly, um, in their bill here, this House Bill um, 18, or is it 18, 19, property tax, 30%. Of, uh, uh, uh. Anyway, I sent you a copy of it, and you can read it. I posted it on your thing here. But they're saying that your house, you have to be in your home for 30 years to get a break that way in the one bill. And then the other bill is giving a break to the poor. But the ones in the middle, like you and me, we're being robbed, okay? Because they're giving 50% off to people who have been on their property for 30-plus years. And then the other one is uh, they can qualify for up to 125% less of their medium income. But the guys in the middle, like you and me, we're going to get screwed. And that's why none of these bills is worth it. None of them. Not a single one of them is worth anything. Um, it just, uh, you need to start with actual property assessments by qualified assessors, not county clerks right. and county assessors and that kind of thing. This is not going to be settled in the legislation. I wouldn't pass any of these bills. Okay. They just, you can look them over for yourself and then you can talk about it. But I know we're short on time, but I got a letter from Steve Harshman and it just blew me away. Um, they also capped at the taxable valuation, which is 9.5% of full value. Okay, so what does that mean? That means I already paid my property off. Now I'm going to get, now I'm going to get charged 10% to own my property. So the older I get, the more it's going to go up because there's not saying they can't go above it. They're just saying that. They're not saying, oh, it stops at this at any one of them. So. 
Anyway, right. read it over and see what you think. Okay. I'll, I still would like to see, as, as we go through all of this, forget how everybody else does it. I don't care how other states do it. Let's find a simpler way. If we're going to tax property, let's find a simpler way to do it. Because as you've experienced and you've commented on the show, an assessor shows up on your property and their process, through no fault of the assessor, is complicated and convoluted. And I think that's where the problem starts. Well, and like I told you, they're using uh, the five states around us as, a, as an average. They're using, you heard earlier, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. All of that is bull. Yeah, You know, I, I don't know where the greed comes from. And as far as uh, p- putting money into the coffers, Wyoming's not hurting. Right. Okay. And the schools are getting 68% of that money. They're not hurting either. Right. I mean, look at how many schools we've built this last four years that don't even have full classrooms. You know, but they got skylights. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. 846, wake up. One- like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Eight forty-nine's the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Good discussions this morning. Okay, we have one more guest coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Ardnet is mostly open phones. You and me the entire way. So remember that number triple eight ninety-seven Woods. Frank Gambino's out of town. He's over the way out there in the middle of South Dakota. Which you might look at and think, why would anyone go to the middle of South Dakota? There's a nice little town out there, Missouri River. He says he's covered in the van. It's a little side business he has going on, and so he'll be there. Uh, I think. Today is the last day he starts driving back tomorrow. So on Monday, we get our friend Gambino back. In the meantime, I went looking for stuff. I was complaining to you guys that I put a emergency file to the side of stuff that I could play for you guys when Frank is out of town. The problem was I started to run through that, and I played some of this stuff multiple times. So I needed to go find something different, something more. And this morning, I did that. You guys say the meanest things to these athletes, the meanest things. Like they were watching Tom Brady and they were like, Tom Brady, you suck. Tom Brady sucks. I don't know that much about football, but I'm pretty sure Tom Brady doesn't suck at football. I'm pretty sure you suck. I'm pretty sure all you suck at football. I just wish these athletes would stand up for themselves, you know, against these horrible things you say. I wish just one time Tom Brady would look directly into the camera and be like, hey, man, I got this. I make $20 million a year and you can't even do a sit-up. You know, for years, really, for years, for years, I was a child. And during that time, I was terrible at sports. Uh, I'm still an awful athlete. My body is bad at sports. That's the problem. And I, I say that my body is bad at sports because I think my brain is good at sports. Like, I think my brain understands how a human being could, like, dribble down a basketball court and then make a layup, right? But then it has to outsource the job to my weird and feminine limbs. And so when I play basketball, it looks like I just bought my body, and I don't know how it works yet. But I played. I played basketball. I played basketball for five years, and I was a bench warmer all five years. And if you were never a bench warmer, uh, I cannot uh, express to you 
the humiliation of every Saturday morning putting on a pair of breakaway pants and never having a reason to break them away. Then they're just pants. I once got into a game. <laughs> I once got into a game for the last 30 seconds, okay? Because we were winning. And I walked out on the court, and I had to go half of one minute without doing anything wrong. I walk out there, and I get fouled right away. I get knocked to the ground. So this referee runs over to help me up, and he's like, Hey, 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 don't you worry, son. We're going to get you some free throws. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That will not be necessary. If you're looking to make this up to me, might I suggest a gift certificate of some kind? Oh, and it was, uh, it was a technical foul. So they cleared the court. They were like, yeah, feel free to use all the space you want to suck as much as you do at this game. Yeah, I can imagine, because I would be that guy. We're going to go ahead and clear the court. And everybody can just watch him get out there and try to make those baskets all by his lonesome with everybody's watch. And, of course, he's not going to make a single basket, which is exactly how that ended. Some people are just not. I, I understood that at an early age when it came to one of the reasons I'm not into sports. Well, I'm not interested, first off. But also found out at a very early age that I just I, I suck at it. So I never got into sports. I just I got out there and I thought, no, I would be the bench warmer, which is important because sometimes you do need somebody to weigh down the other side of the bench. There's all these big guys sitting on one side of the bench, and you need somebody on the other side as sort of ballast. Maybe that's about the only thing I could do. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Hold those calls. We'll get back to open phones in just a bit from now. So, okay, every session, Wyoming House and Senate steps into, we have to struggle in Wyoming to find a way to keep up with it all. And I know a lot of you folks out there have things like, you know, jobs, families. And, of course, you have to worry about other obligations to keep up. So how do you keep up with all of what's going on? It would be nice if you could log in or even go in and sit in the... Uh, up there in the gallery and watch everything that's going on. But there's also the committee meetings and so on. One of the best ways to do this is Wyoming PBS. Now, for the second year in a row, in case you haven't seen, they have a new host. Steve Peck is on the phone with me right now. Steve, do you have at least a nice new studio to go with your nice new job? Well, at the Capitol, and good morning, Glenn. Thanks for uh, sure. the opportunity to talk with you. At the Capitol, we have a... Uh, a room that is we designate as our studio, which has some equipment that we leave in there during the session, yeah. has a little bit of furniture, has a backdrop, yeah. and it is a different one from the one we had uh, a couple of years ago when I first came on with the station. But it's uh, entirely satisfactory and 
suits our purpose as well. Yes, yeah, they give a nice one to you television people because as a radio guy, I went looking for their radio <laughs> studios in the same area, and it's like a small little phone booth I'm supposed to work out of. So it's not quite the same. But okay, you bring in as many people as you can just to sit down and go through one interview after the next. It's almost like a, a shotgun approach to this. So you're on what for those who want to see this. What times do you first off record or go live? We uh, record. Okay. Uh, we record early in the morning. Tends to be the day before the yeah. show airs. So uh, typically we we are, are interviewing the guests uh, between six thirty and seven a.m. on yeah. Thursday, so that they can get to their committee meetings, which uh, generally precede the opening of the session, which is at around ten a.m. And then we hurriedly edit the show together. Hope it doesn't need too much of that. And it uh, airs then Friday at 7 p.m. and then a couple more times over the weekend. Okay. So they do have a chance Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to keep these episodes. If they miss it there, is there any place they can go online to watch those? Yeah. A lot of our audience now is, is true with a lot of uh, television. It watches uh, somewhere other than on a big TV set. So our website, WyomingPBS.org, has all of our shows there. They're very easy to find. And we also have a YouTube channel, which gets a lot of traffic as well. And if someone wanted to uh, search Capital Outlook YouTube or YouTube Capital Outlook Wyoming, something like that, it would immediately come up so they can be seen there as well. And then there are also archives. So all right. the Capital Outlook shows, for example, are there from years past. And, and I've watched a little bit of what you do. You do just straightforward interviewing. So this is a budget session. How do you line up uh, guests and questions that need to be asked this time around? Well, the first thing we always do, if they're willing, and and almost always they are, we begin with the Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate and talk to them about how they see the session uh, taking shape and playing out and some of the issues that have been uh, uh, of importance during the interim session. I should add as well, the actual first interview we do typically is with the governor, and that is our first show this year. It airs tomorrow night. We actually interviewed him last week. Uh, talking sort of about the same thing. The governor delivers a budget message to the House and Senate leadership, and it serves as a bit of a framework for them, uh, mainly setting out his priorities, and they, they kind of take it from there. Then as the session goes on, as different issues and different uh, parts of the uh, the budget, the individual bills that will be combined to form the big budget come along, we tend to keep an eye on that. And if there's a committee chairman or a, a legislator who's had a particular impact or particular interest in a segment of the budget, we might have her on as well. So we play that a little bit by ear once we have the governor and the speaker and president of the Senate's interview schedule. Yeah, I know getting the governor up, because he was on his program too about the same time, I think you interviewed him because he set up, you know, the staff sets up all those interviews in advance. But once the session gets going, though, now that's what I found very difficult because the radio studios for Town Square Media just down the road from you at the A&B Bank building there. So you would think, I'm close enough, it really should be easy. But once the session starts, it's not just what happens on the floor of the House and Senate. There's all these committee meetings and subcommittee meetings they have to go to. How do you wrangle them in? Well, we try to ask well in advance. And I think by now we have a bit of a, a reputation for uh, treating them uh Efficiently, I guess I put it that way. We'll start at this time. You'll be done by this time. We try to have a couple of different uh, guests set up each time. There absolutely was one instance last year when 
we had two guests lined up and the time came and one of them uh, couldn't be there because he was he was too busy that morning so we made do with the one that we did have and so far it tends to work pretty well and so i think by we'll be heading down again this weekend for state of the state and and to begin to our, our actual interviews for the capital outlook show and typically if i uh uh, extend an invitation on a Monday or Tuesday. They can look a couple days in advance and tell me right then either yes or no. And if the answer is no, then we move on. And luckily, there's more than a hundred of them to uh, choose from, and we usually are able to get a, a good guest. How are you finding your questions? Because as I can think of a couple of ways to do this, and this is what I tend to do. There's what I want to ask based on what I've been following. But there's also what they want to talk about. So how do you line up where you've decided you're going to ask them as far as questions? I have no problem ahead of an interview meeting with the lawmaker and saying, are there a couple of things that you have been particularly uh, working on in particular and would like me to ask you about? That's no big deal to me. I'll do it. it this is not some kind of gotcha news conference thing. It's a public affairs interview trying to uh, inform viewers of, of what the lawmakers are doing. And I tend to ask questions as well that are sort of uh, kind of humanize the person. What's your district? Where do the people that uh, you represent tend to live? Uh, what sort of interaction do you typically have with constituents? How did you decide to get into um, uh, legislative work? What made you want to run? And from there, then we can uh, lead into particular issues. Then as the session goes on and uh, the, the budget issues in this case become more and more prominent and and uh, not necessarily heated, but just conspicuous. Then I try to invite guests on who are really working strongly in those bills and just asking them, where does it stand? What's coming up? How are you feeling about it? How are you working through it all to try to bring a level of understanding to the, not just to the people, but to the process. You ever have the opportunity to bring on opposing points of view and let the two of them hash it out in front of you? Sure, that happens from time to time, and, and one of our uh, one of the best guests typically is the Senate Minority Leader Senator Rothfuss, and he's he's never he's in a, a tiny minority. I think this year there are two senators in the uh, of the thirty two, I believe, in the, the state Senate. He's always willing to come on, and he speaks his mind, tells where he disagrees, and so that's to be expected. But yeah, from time to time, it's not even from time to time; it's commonplace for. Uh, just disagreements, not absolute wars, but disagreements about how an amendment is going or the debate on a bill went or whether the bill was brought to the floor for a vote in a timely fashion in one person's opinion compared to another. So we don't, we're not afraid to do that. And it, it, it doesn't take much prodding. The, if a lawmaker has a disagreement with someone, that lawmaker is usually willing, willing to talk about it in a civil way. I mean, I, I do yeah. stress that on our show, at least that it's not a campaign appearance. It's not an election rally. No Jerry it's Springer a, moments. It's a discussion. Right? Yes, right. Yeah. And we make that clear ahead of time. And, and I would say, in my experience doing it to date, that's never been a problem. Right. Okay. Steve Peck, let's get people to where you are so they can watch this on television during what times? Uh, Wyoming PBS. Uh, it's carried on the air almost everywhere in Wyoming on cable systems, dish systems. It premieres at 7 p.m. Friday. That's the first time it's on. Once that show is aired, then you can see it on the YouTube or the Wyoming PBS website as well. The TV show is uh, repeated at 6.30 p.m. Saturday 
and again at noon Sunday. So if you want to interrupt your Super Bowl pregame, you can catch the exciting half hour of Capital Outlook as well. Uh, okay, so you're going to go up against the Super Bowl pregame. Okay. At well, least you're not going up against pre- the pre-game. well, the Super Bowl itself. You have no chance whatsoever. But the pregame, you know, you get some people out of that. All right, that's Steve. true. It's still six hours ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks for coming on, Steve, this morning. I appreciate you. All time. right, appreciate it. All Good right. luck. Thanks. Wake up, Wyoming. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 921's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Back we go to open phone. So 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And I'm going to go back to what I was talking about during the first hour of the program because a lot of you people were not around first hour of the program. I know you've been hearing it like crazy, but we have to get into it. What happened yesterday with the president? They're not going to go after him for all of those documents. But before I do this, if I'm going to pick on someone, this company insists that I take the be nice pledge. And if I have to take it, you have to take it too. All together now. Be courteous, kind, and forgiving. Kind and forgiving. Be gentle and peaceful each day. Gentle, peaceful. Be warm and human and grateful. Warm and fuzzy. And have a good thing to say. Or don't say anything at all. Be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Immature. Got that Be witty and happy and wise. Don't know about wise, but I work on it. Be honest and love all your neighbors. Except for that one jerk up the street. Hate his guts. Purple and clairvoyant. Love clairvoyant. Be pompous, obese, and eat cactus. I'm trying to lose weight. Be dull and boring and omnipresent. Never boring, not on this show. Criticize things you don't know That's about. all I do on this show. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Carl. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Go into a closet and suck eggs. There you go. Okay, we're all in agreement here. All right, so... First off, uh, President Biden, at at first he was gloating. Yeah, they're not going to come after me for all those classified documents I have in bed. Okay, well, some listeners showed me where. We can go back further, but we'll start with Obama and go up to Biden. Every president has had classified documents at home. They're not supposed to. They're not supposed to. They're all supposed to be in jail for it. Hillary was let off. A whole list of classified documents she was and and they found it and they let her off because well no reasonable prosecutor would go after are you kidding they could have put her away for a very long time so all right here we are again and here's biden trying to act like well especially when they found uh documents in at trump's house that's just irresponsible i don't understand how that happens um mr president what about all the documents at your house? Well, this is where Biden tries to blame his staff. Do you take responsibility for at least being careless with classified material? I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> the buck stops with you, Mr. President. It was up to you. It's not your staff's fault. And by the way, take responsibility. Now, I remember when Hillary Clinton was going through this, and she said, I take full responsibility. Thank you, Hillary. Now, arrest her. I'll give you an idea. What I, I think you understand, but let's use an analogy. Let's say that the police knocked on my door, and they had a warrant for my arrest for murder. Oh, Yeah, that guy, I told the police. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, he was murdered. I take full responsibility. Well, at that point, that's a good, that's an admission of guilt. They would haul me in right then and there, and they would tell the judge and the jury he admitted to doing it. He took full responsibility. And there, that's it. Trial's over because I admitted guilt. I took full responsibility. But when Hillary did that, oh, she took full responsibility. Gosh, what do we do now? Well, I guess we let her go. I mean, the police would not let me go. You're wanted. For, I'm wanted for murder. I take full responsibility. Gosh, what do we do? He took full responsibility. Thank you for doing that, Mr. Woods. Gosh, he took full responsibility. I guess he's an okay guy, even though he murdered that dude. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> so, Mr. President, do you take full responsibility? He says he does, but then he blames it on his staff. And it wasn't his staff's responsibility. The buck stops with the president. The buck stops here. A famous president put that on his desk. The buck stops here. So, Mr. President, you just took full responsibility. But they're not going to put him in jail. This is where it really gets bad for the president because, well, they're not going to prosecute him because, well, all right, listen to what they called him. You take responsibility. Hang on, back over. This is what I mean. In his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Okay. A well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. That's why they're not going to go after him because he's a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Now, this is what turns out to be worse for Biden than anything else they could have done. It would have been better if they decided to prosecute him or go after him like they're going after Trump for the same thing. But no, 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 no. Basically, they just called him a doddering old fool. And if they can't prosecute him for this because he's a doddering old fool with no memory then how the hell can he be commander-in-chief of the most powerful nation on the planet? So let's hear the response. In his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. Oh, he just, yeah. I put this country back on its feet. Okay, patience, Glenn. Patience. Be nice. It's the man who flies around like an eagle. Look, it's the end of the hole. That's illegal. Look at the muscles on those arms. They're like hammers. Look, it's the nut who walks around in pajamas. That's no nut, boy. That's Captain Nice. So this president thinks that he's done so many great things for the country and he wants to blame everybody but himself for this. And he thinks he was let off the hook. But the big discussion over the course of the weekend is going to be and into next week. Is this guy even competent to run for president? If we can't put him on trial. Then because he's not competent to stay in trial is essentially what they're saying. Then how the hell can he run the country? I'm going to say to the Democrats the same thing I did the last time this guy ran for president. Would you please just pick somebody else? You still have time. Just go pick somebody. Let Biden go home to his family. Get rid of Kamala Harris, too. And just go pick. Please go pick somebody else. Okay, because we cannot have this in office again. And every year he gets worse. Take it from the guy who home carried his father for six years through dementia. I know what this is. 
please go find somebody else. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.36 the time. Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And see, I entered Greg from Cheyenne. Hello, Mike and Casper. Dave and Torrington. And see, Kevin was in Lusk, which, by the way, uh, Kevin, I did stop. Oh, what's the name of the restaurant there? There's a family-style restaurant in Lusk that I stopped to have breakfast at. And, oh, it was good. Way too much to eat. Couldn't finish all. And Ginger was in Douglas. And it, the list goes on and on. Thanks, everybody, for dropping your notes off. What you can do on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Also, this program becomes a podcast when I get off the air. So you can go back and listen to all of the programs. Condensed? So it's not an entire four-hour program. We get rid of news, sports, and weather, and free, just by using your Wake Up Wyoming app. All right. So about those electric vehicles we're all supposed to be driving. Okay. So it's 3708, paper plastic. Plastic. That's the magic word. Green police. Ah. You picked the wrong day to mess with the ecosystem, plastic boy. Green police. Battery. Battery. Let's go. Take the house. Come on. Just saw these bulbs. Yeah. Tragedy strikes tonight where a man has just been arrested for possession of an incandescent light bulb. What do you guys think about plastic bottles now? The water setting is at 105. Yeah. Yeah. You got a TDI here? Clean diesel. You're good to go, sir. Good afternoon, officers. Are those foam cuffs you're drinking from? Yeah. Please step out of the car and put them on the hood. Okay, so the latest tragedy for electric vehicles for Chief Finance Officer. Our Generation 2 vehicles won't launch unless we can see a profit. Well, of course, they're capitalists, of course. I mean, if you want government to take over the automotive industry, but we know what that looked like. Just take a look at the old Soviet Union. Okay, story says the reality of electric vehicles finally caught up with the vulnerable automaker Ford, which yesterday said it's rethinking its loss of making EV. And the whole strategy hasn't failed for them. In fact, again, the, the Lightning, they're going to be making a lot less of those, if any at all. Ford has lost billions of dollars despite federal government subsidies. Ford is operating at a loss of billions of dollars because of electric vehicles. At some point, they have to stop. Now, this news came during Ford's 2023 fourth quarter earnings, which was yesterday, by the way. So, basically, what they're saying is, look, um, unless we can start making a profit with electric vehicles, we're not going to be doing electric vehicles anymore. We'll see what happens. Rose is in Casper. Hi, Rose. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. Life be good. (laughs) Good. Uh, Tony Locke was on earlier talking about that uh, Crago Harshman bill, 045. Yeah. Right. 
And he said, you know, in 14 years, your property taxes will double at a 5% cap. Mm. The other thing in that bill is that it's, and like he said, it's for the residential structure, but there's nothing in the bill that says that the 5% is perpetual, mm. meaning that after one year, it, it doesn't, there's nothing that locks it in and says that it will remain at 5%. Okay. And it doesn't include any other structures or the land. Um, that fourth separate class constitutional amendment that is to appear on the ballot, I've, I've said it before and I'll reiterate that it does nothing when the neighborhood adjustment goes up. And if they separate out that state level of assessment of 9.5% and reduce the residential cost, what they want to do is break residential from commercial. But if they do that, that... Um, nine and a half state level of assessment if they reduce that on residential like i said the neighborhood adjustment can go up so it becomes a moot point and then for commercial any secondary home is going to automatically be classified as commercial and you don't just pay um you pay personal and real property taxes for commercial so people need to understand that that it's not really going to get relief it stands to increase uh costs for the state or mm. revenue for the state rather last year wyoming people keep asking they're they're i think they're, they're on the right track they understand that acquisition is the way to go and it really is um we spent forty eight thousand dollars the taxpayers to team consulting they're a firm out of kansas that have a biased opinion because they support the mass appraisal system which is really what got us into this uh all the wax that we're in um the mass appraisal system because of the way it calculates it's this wasn't due to a need thing glenn which i I know you understand but for the people that don't understand property taxes didn't go up because of need it just went up because of this system this broken system that's in place and over the last six years uh residential taxes have increased the school budget by 81 percent that's Again, it wasn't needed. It's just that they've got it, and they don't want to relinquish that. Right. So, so wait, wait, let me ask you, if, if you could, Rose, I'm just going to give you a magic wand here. What would you do? <coughs> I would go to acquisition immediately. Okay. Um, we are doing that people's ballot initiative. I don't know where the final numbers are, but the API Chili Cook-Off is this weekend. Um Excuse me here for a second. It's Saturday uh, in Casper at the Ford Wyoming Center from 11 to 2. My understanding is it's $12 to get in. And we're going to have, I don't know if myself, you can probably hear I'm a little on the sick side, but Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be circulators up there. So if people from Natrona County or visiting or anything, if you guys want to sign that and give the people the power of the vote to get that on the ballot, that would be a good thing. Okay. I, I do support that for for that purpose. Ultimately, I do think acquisition is where we need to go. All right. Well, thank you, Rose. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Feel better. Thank, thank you, right. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. In that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices, people. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio.
48's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So Frank Gambino is out of town, which means I have this, this segment, you and me. And I was complaining the other day that I really didn't have a whole lot in the stash to play when Frank was out of town. So I went looking for some more. And what I'm about to play for you is from the comedy duo Key and Peel. They illustrate why we should be so glad we have Frank Gambino. Because when you watch sports, this is a basketball game with two commentators. <laughs> and we are at capacity tonight here at the opulent Tostino Center. 50,000 fans are ready to binge drink for a couple of hours. I tell you what, I can't wait. Hi, I'm grown man Chick Sarinka. And I'm grown man Bob DeSantio. That's right, Bob. And we have both made careers watching adult men play a simple child's game, all while being paid more than the president. <laughs> okay, Chick. And it seems as though the millionaires are ready to play their game, so we can stop stalling with the mindless chat. And the rhinos bring the ball into play. And the alleged rapist passes the big orange ball to the sweaty legal giant. And the legal giant easily puts the ball into the basket, making it look easy, which, if you're seven feet tall, it is. He made about $8,000 while he was doing that. <laughs> Now the Power Falcons are bringing the ball into play. The high school dropout inbounds to the convicted spousal abuser. He slashes through all of the drug addicts, steps the ball to the genetic freak, and boom, quackalacka, two points downtown. Sterplakis, bingo time, storm scams. I'm just saying words and start with this. I'm going pure nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? I'm great, Bob. Yes, yeah, you're basic sports commentator, so be glad you have Frank. Now, I live across the street from a golf course, and every so often I bring a chair out into my front porch, and I watch people who are teeing off second hole. They, I see them watch them at the tee, and I watch them hit toward the second hole. Now, I don't play golf, but that doesn't mean I can't sit there and be judgmental. You know, a lot of people say to me, Lee, Lee, you should take up golf. It's really good for you. Do you know what I say? <laughs> I mean, it's a good game. I understand, you know, people playing it. I understand, but I don't get it. A game you only play on one glove. What's that? You don't play it wearing one shoe, do you? <laughs> you say to a golfer, why the glove? They go, oh, grip. I'll tell you what, what do you put two gloves on? Guess what that is? More grip. I attempted, I actually attempted to play golf once and I nearly snapped my spinal cord in nine places trying to get one of them sand traps. Whose idea was it to put a stretch of sand in the middle of some woodland? Well, that's just a mirage, but the other way round. <laughs> you know, you're playing a game in the woods and then you're not, you're on the beach. That's like going surfing and someone saying, oh, watch them oak trees on the way in, won't you? And golf is the only game where you get someone to help you play it. The caddy does everything for you. Carries your clubs, tells you what club to use, how far the hole is. Well, I do a bit of sports there with someone doing half the work for me. That'd be great if you were swimming. There's some bloke by your side going, anything you need? Oh, <laughs> uh, not at the moment, no. You sure there's a Starbucks around the corner? I'll tell you what, you can drag me the rest of the way. That's lovely, thanks. And who come up with a scoring system for golf? Birdie, that's a point in golf. Birdie, I reckon the bloke who come up with the scoring system was heavily distracted that day. You know, they went, like, oh, what's that? Huh? That's a birdie. <laughs> what's that? Huh? That's an eagle. <laughs> 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 
What's that? It's a bogey. <laughs> and par, 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 that's a point in golf. Par, that's a word that ain't even finished yet. <laughs> You're four under par. Par. No, just par. Fuck <laughs> And they say golf is good exercise for you. What exercise? Golf is the only game we get a lift to the next hole on that bleeding golf buggy. What lazy bugger come up with that? You know you never see that in other sports, do you? That'd be good in the marathon, wouldn't it? On your mouth to get set. Go! Taxi! Where are you going? Finish line, please! It is kind of fun. I, there's a lady who, you know, again, the golf course right across my street, and there's some lady who runs the beer cart and it, she doesn't just sell beer she sells other alcoholic beverages and it is kind of fun to watch the beer cart go driving around looking for people who don't need beer or other alcoholic beverages out there playing golf but she's going to try to sell it to them anyway and you can tell when she's done a good job because all the golf carts that are out there driving around are start to weave after a while but that's okay they're not on the road they're on open grass and so they can weave to their heart's content. They're not really going to hit anything, except maybe one of the pronghorn that are out there. And the pronghorn don't care about the golf. They just stand there and wait to get hit. All right, coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. News time after that and your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up.